0: Wow, it's uh, one of those mornings where I feel like God has just laid it out already. Um, We're going to be continuing our series on prayer. And I don't know about you, but when I just pause, it continually blows my mind that God knows me. That the creator and the sustainer of the known universe and anything else beyond knows my name and knows my story and takes the time to make himself known to me. That is mind-blowing. You know, the psalmist says that he rescued me from the pit and set me in a spacious place because he delights in me. I delight the Lord. You delight the Lord. And that you and I are invited into the intricate dance of the Godhead, of the Trinity, of the Living God we are invited into their personal space. You know, if you're a relatively new Christian, this talk and this series will hopefully help you develop good habits in your prayer life. For those of us who have walked this road with the Lord for a while, I'd encourage you to think of it as an MOT. You know, a chance for us to review our own prayer practice. And a chance to make adjustments as necessary. What aren't we doing that we used to do? We didn't used to do. Today we are on the second of our talks and we're going to be focusing on pausing and being before the Lord and hearing his voice in other words coming into his presence in the start of our prayer time and pausing on him for a while waiting on him before we move on into our petition, into our intercession pausing on God a while If ever I was invited to visit the Queen, unlikely, but you never know. I'm sure I would be in awe. I'm a bit of a royalist. I like the royal family. Later. Uh, But the truth is that Jesus, the King, the Lamb upon the Lion's throne, welcomes me into his presence at any time. I don't need an invite. The door is never closed. I don't need to give him prior notice. I can just walk in there and sit at his feet. It blows your mind, doesn't it? You stop and think, wow. The problem is, I think, that we don't stop often enough. Our lives can become so harried that actually we don't press the pause button. And when we don't press the pause button, we're in danger of losing the awe and wonder of God, of what he has granted to us. And so spending time with God becomes in danger of just being another thing on our to-do list. Something we have to fit in. And as a result... It can start to feel dry and fruitless. We just want to rush through it to the next tip. We know that Jesus often went out to a solitary place at the start of his day to spend time with his Father. He took himself away from his busyness and the demands of his day for a moment of stillness with God. We know that the psalmist instructed us to be still and know that I am God. And if you know the story of Samuel, he was instructed to listen. Now I know I've picked three that fit nicely. And it may be simplistic... But it tells us that we would benefit from stepping away. That we would benefit from being still. And we would benefit from listening. But why? Why would we benefit? What difference does it make if I do that? Uh, Andrew Murray, someone I like to read. Says, each time before you intercede, be quiet first and worship God in His glory. Think of what He can do and how He delights to hear the prayers of His redeemed people. Think of your place and privilege in Christ and expect great things. Are we a people who are still? Expecting great things. When I spend time in His presence, when I go into that still place and I listen, that is when I pray outlandish things. In that still place before I go to sleep at night, when I've been in his presence, I will pray that every door in this country that should stay closed at night is kept closed. I will pray that every house that's about to get broken into would be impenetrable. I would pray that any woman that has been in the sex slave industry would be found. I don't wish them. I pray them because I've spent some time with the king and he has reminded me to expect great things. If I don't, I go through my tick list. Lord, bless mum and dad. Lord, keep the kids safe. There's nothing wrong with those prays. I want him to do that. But my vision is tiny head when I stop in his presence and I gaze into his eyes and I think, oh my God, you are so big. And I begin to expect great things. We can speak to God at any time. We can speak to God in any place. We can speak to God when we're with people. We can speak to God when we're doing things. It's good practice. We want to walk our day with God, like Brother Lawrence. We want to practice his presence. We want to spend our whole day attuned to the Holy Spirit and what his plans and purposes are. And it is good throughout the day to step aside and pause and to realign ourselves and say, God, am I on the right track? Am I walking the path you want me walking today? William Penn says, in the Russian noise of life, as you have intervals... Step home within yourselves and be still. Wait upon God and fill his good presence. This will carry you evenly through your day's business. I love that quote. You know, these moments can be hard to find. It's a well-known story that the mother of Charles and John Wesley used to put her pinafore over her head because it was the only place and way amongst bringing up uh, ten children to find that moment of stillness. You know? You know, but as good as those interludes are through the day, and as refreshing as they are, I find they are richer if I have soaked my roots in the morning. It's, it's a bit unpopular now to say that we ought to spend set-aside time with God. We, we, we reacted so much to legalism that we forgot that self-discipline is actually scriptural. Soaking our roots, set a time aside for God changes our lives. In his book, oh, pressing the button, there we go. In his book *How to Pray*, Peter Greig—I know it's been plugged—I would recommend it. It is a good MOT. He suggests starting your prayer time with a moment of stillness, a moment to consciously come into God's presence before we start anything else. Being mindful is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but taking that moment to be mindful of God. And his presence. When this psalmist instructs us to be still and know that I am God. It means we're to stop striving. We are to surrender. We are to trust that God is our refuge. No matter what is going on. We are called to trust him with our story. To trust that he knows your story. And yet still to pause and surrender. That time of stillness, being still, will look different for all of us. There aren't rules. There isn't a magic formula. Each of us has to find our own way into that place of stillness. And also, you know, that will change in the different seasons of life. You may be in a season like Hannah in desperation over her barrenness could do nothing but cry out her desperation and her heartbreak to God. You might have to do that before you can find stillness because it's so loud in your head. And that's okay. Do that, but when you have, wait, be still, allow God in to refresh and renew, to be in his presence. You might be somebody that needs to go and exercise, you might be a morning person, that needs to burn off some energy before you can be still. I believe they exist. (laughs) Do it, but don't let your time at the gym or running on the road or whatever it is you do, take all of your morning time. Make sure you leave enough to pause and be still. Give as much care to your spirit as to your physical body. For me, I have to do it first thing. If I start the day and do anything else, I'm gone. I'm down that path, and God really has to shout at me. Okay, hey, Nance, back over here, girl. And so it's the first thing I do. When I get up, that's the first thing I do. But even then, I can find it hard to settle into stillness straight away. So I journal. And every morning I start writing a letter. And I don't finish this letter till the end of my time with God, but it brings me into a place of stillness. It brings me into a place of being aware of him. And I always do it with a nice pen because I think God deserves a nice pen. So I have a special fountain pen that I only ever use for journaling with God. Weird, I know. But there you go. This is a precious time. But that writing brings me to that place of stillness where then I can just stop and go, oh my gosh. It's the most precious time. I feel his peace enter me. And there is such a quiet joy of being in his presence, of knowing his acceptance, of knowing his love, which just silences all the other noises, all the negative self-talk, the whispers of the enemy, the self-doubts. They can't bear up in his presence. And they're just silenced. And I'm immersed in him and it is the highlight of my day. And the truth is the longer I spend there in the morning soaking my roots, the easier it is to tap into that throughout the day, to take those moments, (coughs) to realign and reassess and be refreshed. And it's for each of us to find our way to that place. You might think, oh, it's easy for her. She obviously finds it easy. You know, there was a time when I thought I was going mad. Now we say that, I actually mean it. There was so much rubbish. My head was never quiet. I used to tell my friends it's like being in a washing machine. It would just go round and round and round, and I was exhausted. And so if I could get 30 seconds stillness. That was like treasure. So if you find it hard, start small. Don't book a retreat for a day and expect to be silent and focused on God all day. When you get there, it's brilliant. But start small if it's new to you. You know, sometimes we can only grab a moment. (coughs) But it is amazing what God can do with a willingly given moment. It's like it's like he's outside time or something. (laughs) And that moment stretches to this whole like in depth conversation. Never think, I haven't got time, there's time for a moment. Make it a well practiced habit. It brings amazing, amazing results. Give it a go if it's not part of your routine. I don't know, try speaking in tongues out loud, not in your head. In your head doesn't work the same, don't ask me why, not a psychiatrist. But speaking out loud in tongues centers you. Maybe focus on a bit of scripture, maybe listen to music. I like the lark ascending, but I also like listening to B.B. King and the blues. Takes me to the same place. Remember, the point is not to achieve a zen-like meditative state where our minds disconnect with our bodies. Rather, it's allow, to allow the peace of God to rule in our minds and our hearts by submitting all that we are to Him and allowing His stillness to refresh our spirits. It is an act of humility. It's hard to achieve, and it is not self-seeking. This isn't a time where we're being silent so God can talk to me about what I want him to talk to me about. <clears throat> this is a moment when I'm still and saying, Lord, whatever your plan whatever's on your agenda, it is a your will be done moment that we're after. And the joy is, because God is so good, so good, that while we give him that little moment of humility and your will be done, he then whispers into our heart. And we get to hear his voice. And he leads us into praise and worship, but he also speaks to us. Oh, I've gone away. <coughs> Keep going. I've oh, there we have. There we go. Chell Stanley said, "To have God speak to the heart is a majestic experience, an experience that many people miss if they monopolize the conversation and never pause to hear God's responses." It's not until we take time out to be still and quiet with him that we realise how rarely we are still and quiet with him. The things of the world swamp, swamp our senses that make it difficult to hear. And the temptation, the danger, is that we stop bothering to listen at all. Delirious used to sing a song, not to be mistaken with the Queen one, uh, called the Prophet Song. And the refrain in that song was, but most of all, I love to hear the voice of God. I love to hear the voice of God. You know, the most important thing when it comes to hearing God is that you trust and I trust that God loves us. That is the bottom line. Trusting that we are loved by God. Because, you know, we speak to the people we love and we share intimacies with the people we love. And God is no different. Tozer says it is the nature of God to speak. And our part is to attune our ear to his voice. And when I first began purposely listening to God, a long time ago now, it wasn't in, I wanted an answer to a question. I wasn't looking for a prophetic word. I just wanted to hear him. Just wanted to hear him. And so I would literally picture myself, because I'm quite pictorial, and I would be tuning in this old World War II radio. And I would tune past the static noise. you know, And I would tune past the other broadcasts. I'd be getting past my, the noise of this world. I'd be getting past the, the lies of the enemy. I'd be getting past my own whatever was going on in my head. Until I hit this broadcast. Oh, makes me cry. And it was like Heaven's radio station. And what I heard was the Trinity, the members of the Trinity extolling each other. And it was just there to listen into. Just this constant broadcast. And I would just tune in all the time. And I would hear, and you know what? I learned nothing new. But I learned to recognize his voice. I learned to recognize his voice. So that then at other times in a worship meeting or in a prayer meeting, or pray myself, or laying hands on someone else, I would catch the faintest whisper. The faintest whisper, almost intangible, but I knew that voice. And I would grab hold of it, because I knew who it was, and it was precious. And then I would ask him, give me more. What did that mean? What were you saying? And because he is good and because he is generous and because he delights in his children, he did. Now hear me when I say this. I am not special. The only thing special about me is that I belong to the king. And so if he would do that for me, He will do it for you. We were all designed to hear his voice because we were designed by him. We have all the receptors we need. (laughs) It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to hear the shepherd's voice. We just need to trust he loves us. Trust that he wants to speak to us and practice. Some people may hear the audible voice of God like Samuel did. I know a woman that did. I've always wanted to hear that. You may a thought like that whisper I don't know where that came from take hold of it he may pick up a change in mood take hold of it he may be in the garage and feel prompted by a pair of, a bottle of wine or a bunch of flowers for no idea why take hold of it and the number of times I've done that and then met someone who really needed a bunch of flowers and if it doesn't it's great you have got flowers at home it's so a win-win <laughs> You may get a snapshot, a picture. You may just get a single word. You may get a whole movie reel. But don't dismiss it. Don't think, oh, he can't talk to me. That is from the pit, I'm telling you, from which we've been rescued. You were designed to hear the shepherd's voice. Is if you're not used to doing it, start small. Don't ask a life and death question, just try listening out for his voice and learning what it sounds like. My son Nathan, when he was a little boy, whenever he got stuck at a computer game, he would ask God to show him the way through, and God did. All the time the thing is Nathan grew up expecting God to talk to him so now he expects God to talk to him on the big things because he started small faith built that's just his norm You know, if you haven't been doing it, practice. If you have been doing it and it's going really well, don't settle. Push deeper. Climb higher. Ask for more. You can guarantee because we are not God, there is more. And if you used to do it, and it's a gift that is dusty on the shelf, Take it down and go again. God will still delight in talking to you. You know, my times of stillness and of waiting on God often involve him shining a light back on me. Like God reveals me to me. He reveals the me that he sees and knows. And it is quite different from the me I think I am. Through it, he changes me. He has changed me. He continues to change me to be a better reflection of him, to be a better image bearer, to be a better kingdom carrier, to be a better ambassador of his into the world. That can only happen because of him. Only he can do that. Now, the way we respond to him, again, there are no rules. I've brought in, bravely, because God told me to, a couple of bits of art and some poetry. They're very personal, but they were all born out of that place of stillness with God. I want to encourage you that there is no set way you respond. He doesn't mind. He just wants you to take the time to be still. Allow him to speak. Allow him to refresh and to renew. Thank you.